0: You're listening to Happy Healthy Hormones with Dr. Chris. Are you tired of the short-term patch to your health problems? Is avoiding medications and surgeries important to you? If you answered yes, then your prayers have been answered. Dr. Chris has been helping people transform their health for over a decade. He's a world-renowned health expert who specializes in holistic health. He's a professional speaker, chiropractor, and international best-selling author. It's his mission to help you reach your full God-given potential through holistic health and healing. Get ready to be inspired and transformed. Here's your host, Dr. Chris. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. This is the show where disease takes a dive and people come to thrive. Dr. Chris here with you today, and we're going to be talking to you about a pretty common Uh, disease that affects about 5 million people. There are about 500,000 new cases of ulcers reported each year in the U.S. alone. And one in 10 adults can expect to deal with a painful ulcer at one point or another in their life. And chances are that if you haven't experienced one yourself, you at least know someone who's had an ulcer at some point or another. So I'm going to be teaching today about stomach ulcer symptoms that you can't ignore and really how to naturally treat them because there's a lot of pretty messed up information out there on how to deal with these ulcers, a lot of bad information, a lot of old beliefs and systems in our medical system that is actually contributing to more stomach issues. Now, here's the deal. This is just one symptom of dis-ease in your digestive system. So you could have ulcers, but you could have other issues going on. And the fact is The cause of a lot of these things is oftentimes the same. They just might manifest in different ways in our life. And so we really want to look at a lifestyle, how we're dealing with stress, how we're looking at each one of those five foundations, function, food, fitness, filter, and freedom. And when you look at those things, when we have imbalance in those over time, they will start to manifest as a symptom. Now, what kind of symptom? Well, it could create all types of symptoms. One of these common ones when it comes to our digestive system is going to be these ulcers. Now, for many years... Doctors thought that high amounts of stress alone were the ultimate cause of stomach ulcers um, and increasing production of stomach acid. But then research emerged in the 1980s showing that frequent use of anti-inflammatory drugs, also known as NSAIDs, like aspirin, um, also a poor lifestyle, and especially um, a type of bacteria called Helicobacter pylori, also known as H. pylori, are the real culprits of the majority of ulcers. Now, fortunately, according to an article published in the Lancet, um, prevalence of H. pylori infection and peptic ulcer diseases have become substantially less prevalent than they were just two decades ago. But wondering, you know, how to treat someone with stomach ulcers has still been something that plagues doctors because they really don't understand where the underlying causes. So, so today I'm going to uncover and help you understand how to treat stomach ulcers, including, you know, the medications that you probably want to stay away from, also some stress management techniques, and even dietary changes that will make huge differences and go a long way towards your body healing these ulcers. So to understand this, you might be wondering, well, what is a stomach ulcer? Do I have one? Is is there? How do I know if someone in my life has one of these? Well, stomach ulcers, also called like peptic ulcers, are painful sores that develop in the lining of your digestive system, and they're usually Uh, in the form or yeah, in the form uh, in the stomach, but can also sometimes develop in the small intestine um, and even the esophagus too. So here's the basics of really how they work. So ulcers form when any combination of excessive gastric acids, acids, bacteria, drugs, or even other toxins cause damage in small openings in the mucosa or the, the lining of the stomach. And that's also another Term for that you've heard me use before if you've ever listened to this or other health experts, which is called leaky gut. Now when someone has an ulcer, the hydrochloric acid and and pepsin, and these are just like a different type of digestive enzyme, they build up and destroy parts of the lining of the gastrointestinal tract. The stomach usually manages this acid pepsin ratio by creating a thick mucus coating that is supposed to act as a buffer between the stomach lining and the acids inside your stomach. The mucus coating itself usually produces certain chemicals that help repair the stomach lining, keep blood circulating, and carrying out cellular renewal processes, but some part of this process can be disturbed, and the GI lining can become exposed, forming small sores, those ulcers. Now, when you eat a meal, uh, food will actually wash the acid in your stomach away temporarily as it's used to break down the nutrients in some like recently consumed food, but then once your food is digested, the acid once again accumulates in the stomach and can wash against the, the raw base of the ulcer, exposing it and then it opens it up and this causes that burning, painful sensation that can be pretty debilitating. Now, do stomach ulcers go away, you might ask. Well, you know, research shows that by making changes to your diet, uh, plus reducing stress and inflammation, can definitely lower your chances of suffering from stomach ulcers in the first place. But even if you already got or have an ulcer, the chances of healing it with lifestyle um, is very good. And the fact is that medications are a lot of times a short-term patch, but they're really not a long-term fix. So when we look at the history of ulcer causes, you know, there's been a very unique and interesting history when it comes to this because for decades it was really just considered to be a psychosomatic. Problem meaning a high stress lifestyle to blame for it. At the time, doctors started identifying high rates of ulcers in hardworking businessmen who smoked a lot of cigarettes and were likely sleep deprived. And when they went through further animal studies, they saw that like more stress triggered these ulcers. And then they looked at rats producing high amounts of stomach acid, and they experienced a decrease in stomach ulcer symptoms when researchers fed them antacids, so there was a connection drawn between ulcers and chronic stress and an increase in stomach acids, which changed the approach forever. But there's also that bacteria H. pylori that was discovered, and it seemed to be present in nearly everyone that suffered from ulcers. It was also found that it can run in, in families that had digestive disorders like stomach um, cancers. And even in patients given medications and antibiotics to kill H. pylori, um, these Ulcers were often resolved, or at least for a period of time, right? Not, not for long term. But today, it's more common to treat ulcers using less risky, um, you know, acid-reducing drugs in combination using lifestyle and dietary changes rather than prescribing antibiotics, which will mess up your body in a whole other realm and create a whole other realm of complications and lead towards antibiotic resistance. So there's a lot better systems of understanding now on what's going on. So there are different types of stomach ulcers, no question. So one of these things that we look at is there's duodenal ulcers. So this is just really the location. And a lot of these different ulcers are just really the location. It can happen anywhere really in your digestive system. It's just where the body is starting to break down and expose itself to that raw lining and creates those basically sores in that area of your digestive system. So there's uh, duodenal ulcers. And this is really going to affect areas of like the the bile duct and the pancreatic duct. Um, So it can be obstructed or dilated when the bile duct um, production changes in response to things going on in the body. There's esophageal ulcers. So this is a peptic ulcer that develops just above your stomach and your esophagus. And that's the area that carries, you know, food from your mouth down to your digestive organs. And there's also bleeding ulcers. So these are unresolved ulcers that can start bleeding, which causes other complications And the bleeding ulcers are considered one of the most dangerous of all because bleeding internally can contribute to um, ulcers when there's a broken blood vessel in the stomach and even the small intestine. And there's also gastric ulcers. And in some people with gastric ulcers, there's an increase in the amount of hyperacidity of the gastric juices, which this is going to then change the effects that stomach acid has on the lining of your GI tract. So in general, gastric ulcers... Are another name to describe small openings in the stomach. Again, also known as leaky gut, too. Now, here's the deal: there's different symptoms that you might express with stomach ulcers. So, I want you to be aware of this because surprisingly, about two thirds of people found to have peptic ulcers are asymptomatic. That's right; I meaning you have no symptoms at all. This was in a journal, the American Journal of Medicine, found this just in 2019. So, how serious? is a stomach ulcer. Well, ulcer symptoms are not only painful, but can also lead to complications like infections, changes in appetite, ongoing nausea and vomiting. Ulcers can also cause a range of symptoms. Uh, Some that are mild, they might go away quickly, but there's others that linger around for a good deal and create a lot of pain. And the symptoms of ulcers are usually noticeable and painful, especially when they become severe. Uh, such as in the case of like the high percentage duodenal ulcer. So just understand, it's just like any disease in the process. Like in the beginning, you don't feel it. They're asymptomatic until eventually they get bad enough that now your body finally cries out for help. And now on this help, you know, your body finally cries out for this help. It could be something maybe minimal, like just a minor ulcer, But or it could be the first time. It could be something even more serious. It could even be a cancer That develops from these ulcers, these low-line ulcers in your stomach, that eventually create a really big problem. So it's just like any disease, you know. It's just like cancer. A lot of times people don't even find out they have cancer, have symptoms until they're in the late stages. Heart disease victims, 96% of them don't even find out they they have heart disease until they have a heart attack, right? You can be up to 98% blockage in an artery in your heart and, and not even feel the symptoms, not even know. So these are really important things to understand. So. What does it really feel like? So what are some of the common signs so you can at least start to notice those um, before it's too late? So there's abdominal pains, burning sensations, even including bloating, especially after eating um, in between the, the belly and the, and the breastbone there. There's bleeding when vomiting or going to the bathroom. Um, there's also a lot of you know different nausea and vomiting symptoms, having darker stools, um, loss of appetite and changes in your body weight, trouble sleeping due to pain uh, in your stomach. And then there's other digestive complaints like heartburn, acid reflux, feeling gassy. And the risk for um, perforation of the organ lining, like a life-threatening condition, um, can potentially be at risk for this when these ulcers get bad. There's dehydration, weakness and fatigue. Uh, Also, diarrhea can occur as a symptom even before other stomach ulcers' uh, symptoms start. So these are just some of the things you want to start to look out for. But even these symptoms are things that are, are happening a lot of times well after the ulcer has already started to develop. So, how long does it really take for a stomach ulcer to heal? Well, uncomplicated gastric ulcers usually take two to three months to heal, but something like a duodenal ulcer tend to heal quicker And while most ulcers are capable of healing, an ulcer can come back if precautions aren't taken. So just because you might give her some of the symptoms doesn't mean, one, it's either healed all the way and then the symptoms come back, or that you get back to your old lifestyle and those old habits that developed the ulcer in the first place and they start to come back again. So there's different complications. Research shows that around 35% of patients with ulcers experience other complications besides this immediate pain. And these can be things like internal bleeding. And you can die, um, potentially from an ulcer. Um, while ulcers are often pretty painful and can trigger other digestive symptoms, they commonly don't raise a big risk for death or very still, very serious illnesses, but they can, um, potentially create that. And there's a high percentage of ulcers um, that can be resolved without the need for surgery or serious medication use. So the point of this is, is, Hey, if you let it go long enough, it could lead towards that. It could develop into a cancer that could kill you. But the fact is, if, if you catch this now and you do the right things, you have a very high percentage and probability that you'll be just fine, and it won't create other issues for you long term. But the fact is, it can also lead towards liver cirrhosis and can be a sign of even chronic uh, kidney disease um, when you have these things happening in your body. So there's a there's different risk factors for this. Ulcers can develop for several reasons. Uh, one of those is an infection in the digestive system caused by H. pylori. So we talked about H. pylori a little bit in the beginning, but there are studies that show that H. pylori is found in more than 60% of older patients with gastric and duodenal ulcers. So there's a very high correlation between these things. That doesn't mean that because you have H. pylori, you're going to get an ulcer, or that you're only going to get an ulcer if you have H. pylori. But there is a strong link. In fact, there's emerging research. um, This happened just in 2018 um, in the Journal of Parkinson's Disease, suggested there's also a link between H. pylori and Parkinson's. And certain studies have found that people with Parkinson's are one and a half to three times more likely to be infected with H. pylori than people without Parkinson's. Now, there's also a high risk factor in people that have long-term use of um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications, like over-the-counter drugs like aspirin or ibuprofen. Uh, These are all things that need to be understood and watched out for. But then also having a rundown immune system um, caused by just high levels of inflammation, or a poor diet, or or poor stress. Uh, women are usually also more likely to have ulcers, especially over the age of seventy, that are taking over the counter medications regularly, and then smoking cigarettes, excessive alcohol use. Right? Those usually play into a lot of different diseases. But this is a high prevalence. We talked about the family history as well. So if you've had family histories that experienced a lot of ulcers, you might be more prone to that. Doesn't mean you have to deal with those the rest of your life, but you're gonna turn on those genes that are going to make you more prevalent if you have the same lifestyle um, as maybe those family members that develop those things. And then if you get, as you get older, you might start experiencing these things, you know, between about 55 and 65 years old, you'll start to see the um, ulcers start to peak in people. And so you want to be understanding that, Hey, if you get older and you have some of these other factors, you might start to experience these more, but we'll see these in people as young as their twenties. So you're not excluded just because you're not, you know, quote unquote, in your golden years or up approaching those things. So there's a lot of different diagnosis and ways to see if you have um, ulcers, but you should definitely, you know, see a doctor to, to rule out an ulcer, or if you have other complicating factors from that as well. You know, your doctor will likely do some kind of physical exam along with a blood test. Um, if it gets really bad, they might even do some scoping if there's some more serious problems going on. But today, conventional treatment options for stomach ulcers include, uh, you know, stopping the use of the NSAIDs, the alcohol, the cigarettes, um, and acids or acid reducing medications. But here's the fact a lot of times these things are because of a lack of acid, too. But that's usually the, the conventional approach. Um, your doctor might also prescribe other medications to reduce the, the acid and, and coat the lining of your stomach better. Um, but ultimately, you want to manage your symptoms naturally long term instead of just relying on medications for the long term fix. Um, but then there's also acid-blocking medications. Again, a lot of these are acid-blocking, but a lot of times these digestive issues are not because of an of a overproduction. I um, mean, you really got to understand that. And then even antibiotics are used to control the H. pylori that can be contributing to this. But this is just, you know, it's a, a bad long-term plan. It's even a, a bad short-term plan because there's a lot of natural herbs and things you can use to kill off H. pylori that won't kill your good bacteria at the same time. Uh, there's even blood transfusions are used if, if bleeding is really a serious problem with the ulcers and then rarely but surgery may be needed to treat um, perforated or bleeding peptic ulcers too so we don't want to get ourselves in that situation because then we just end up making poor decisions based out of fear uh, when we waited for our health to get to a point where it's degraded that much when hey if we can do something now do it naturally to avoid those medications or those surgeries then I think that's probably a pretty good idea. I think if you're listening to this this far, you probably agree with that too. So let's get into some of the natural things you can do to help treat and overcome. Because I don't I don't really like the word treat, because treating is like, hey, it's a short-term solution. Um, it's not a long-term fix. So let's look at some, some things we can do. Number one is to naturally boost your immune system against H. pylori. So many people host H. pylori in their bodies, but only a minority of people are infected with H. pylori develop the ulcers. So meaning if you have a good immune system, your body keeps that H. pylori in normal balance. It doesn't create a chronic disease, but you can be definitely more susceptible as that H. pylori starts to grow and proliferate and can cause more inflammation within the stomach and the small intestine, creating a various cycles that's hard to break. So research shows that today about 30 to 40% of people in the U.S. get an H. pylori infection, but usually the the infection remains dormant without any noticeable symptoms, or if it does, it might not even emerge for even years later. And then there's other research that suggests H. pylori is present in more than 90% of these duodenal ulcers and about 80% of stomach ulcers. Basically what this means is, is your body breaks down, other opportunistic bacteria present themselves and overtake, and really it's more so, I believe, to be a correlation rather than a cause but we definitely don't want that because H. pylori, as that grows, can create a lot of those nasty symptoms. So to to boost your protection against these infections, you want to make sure you start to increase your lifestyle. So you know you make sure you're getting rid of the the alcohol, the smoking, uh, the processed foods, limiting your your toxin exposure, and really keeping away from a sedentary lifestyle. And then these all things will help. Decrease inflammation, when you when you start to change these things, it'll increase your immune system and it'll reduce the chances of you ever getting an ulcer forming in the first place. Now, some of these can also make treatments more difficult. For example, research facts show that smoking cigarettes make ulcers harder to heal and possibly more painful. So again, just understand that. Now, the second thing we want to look at too is reducing the NSAID the pain reliever product or intake. So there's many people that are taking these every day or they're taking it multiple times a week, think it's not a big deal, but just a thousand of these in your lifetime will increase your risk for breast cancer if you're a woman by 80%. They'll increase your risk for uh, things like heart disease and even kidney issues three to four fold. And then obviously they're gonna create a lot of major gastrointestinal problems And what it does is basically these NSAIDs, they alter how your digestive enzymes in your stomach acids are produced. And there are two enzymes that produce chemicals in your body that promote pain, inflammation, and fever. And when we look at this, NSAIDs are not only decreasing these enzymes, but at the same time they lower production of any other chemical. So these things will block formation of prostaglandins, which then, these are all good things that help protect against ulcers. So again, we want to stay away from those, reduce those. There's essential oils that you can use. You can use higher levels of omega-3s and turmeric to produce inflammation that'll work much better, have way less complications. Well, actually they'll have no complications when you compare it to the NSAIDs. Now, the third thing you want to look at too is stress management. You know, although this is not the only cause, but hey, when you are constantly stressing yourself, there's a huge gut brain connection. And so when you're You know, mentally stressed out, you're going to directly affect your gut health. And so, if you're constantly struggling with the anxiety, to the depression, the high stress levels, you're going to continue to see abnormal or higher rates of ulcers and frequent infections too. So, your body is very vulnerable to these things, and there can be just some life changing properties by helping you better manage stress. So take advantage of natural natural stress relievers like regular exercise, meditating, uh, the practice, the healing prayer, spending time outdoors, getting good sleep, and just like using some of those natural uh, anti-anxiety oils, even things like CBD oils, great ways. And then number four is going to eat a stomach ulcer diet, meaning these are things that are gonna keep you away from packaged foods, the processed foods, uh, people that don't eat a lot of fresh foods. These are all things that are gonna help or that are going to increase your risk of an ulcer. So, you wanna decrease your risk for ulcers by promoting an anti inflammatory diet. So, what you wanna do is make sure that you're eating. Good quality foods. Um, you're not eating just a ton of food at once. You're eating normal sized meals. Quality and quantity portions are key. Um, you want to make sure that you're not eating a lot of foods that are gonna trigger these things too. Because if your stomach's already sensitive, and then you're eating these foods that are you know that are making you sensitive, it's going to exacerbate and inflame uh, that ulcer. So there are certain foods that are frequently associated with gastric discomfort. So these are things you're gonna want to look out for. And there are certain f- foods you know. That that activate this or flare this up, you're gonna to want to stay away from those at least for a short period of time until so you can start to heal that gut. So things like black pepper, red or hot pepper, or chili powder, caffeine, uh, regular or even decaffeinated coffee or teas, alcohol, cocoa, chocolate, even cola beverages, uh, citrus fruits and juices fatty or fried foods, even tomato products, and even peppermint. Now, a lot of times you think peppermint, well, this is supposed to be healing for the gut, and it can be, but it can also inflame those ulcers, so make sure you're aware of that as well. And But at the end of the day, there's other tips to your diet that'll help you control ulcers, you know, maintaining a healthy weight, avoiding the, the common stomach irritants or foods you know you have allergies to, eating smaller meals throughout the day more regularly can help um, with that also, and then just avoiding like the very hot drinks, And then not eating within about three hours of your bedtime. So at the end of the day, there is a lot you can do. But it just starts with understanding that, hey, you don't have to be on these medications. You don't, it's not necessarily, and it's not the antacid per se. It's not a lower production, you don't need to, you know, lower your acid production. A lot of times you need to maybe like raise that acid production. There's things you can do to heal that. You might need to do some more advanced protocols. You know, if you have the early signs of these things, you might be able to do it with just some things you can do at home and changing that lifestyle. But if you have some more advanced issues going on or it's been going on for, you know, maybe years at this point, and there's probably going to need to be some more advanced protocols you're going to need to use. I'm um, looking at someone um, like a natural path, um, someone that does holistic health. So if you need help, you can always reach out to us to get that help as well. We help a lot of people with digestive issues. And to see, okay, is it something you need to do some more advanced protocols with? Can you do some things at home? At the very least, start with these things I give you, and then we can build from there. So remember... When it comes down to your body healing, whether it be stomach ulcers, cancer, or the common cold, your body needs no help healing, just no interference. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please help more people in reaching their fullest potential, and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. For show notes and other free resources we mentioned today, go to newedgewellness.com.